Hello and welcome to another episode of the IWP Files, the Alumni Spotlight Series, where we delve into the successes, the challenges, the advice, and the lessons learned. From a national security graduate's perspective, here is your host, Katie Bridges. Nathan, thank you so much for coming to IWP in the midst of a big um, transnational move. Um, we're so grateful that you're here um, for the interview, and I'd love to start by asking you just a little bit about your background. Um, I was an Air Force brat. That means that my dad was in the Air Force. We moved around multiple times, uh, which can be good and can be bad. You adjust to new things pretty quickly. I went to four different high schools in those last four years. So wow. that can be a little bit traumatic. Um, so staying in a school all the way through in one place is fantastic. Um, I joined the National Guard, uh, loved it so much what I was doing on weekends that uh, I wanted to do it full time. And uh, I ended up joining the Air Force as an enlisted uh, uh, man uh, working intelligence, uh, imagery intelligence. And I did that for, uh, see, I started my degree using tuition assistance through University of Maryland. Um, and four years later, I finished up and started applying to be an officer in the Air Force. And unfortunately, it was really bad timing. I, things are cyclical. Everything's cyclical. Business cycles, et cetera, et cetera. Wars uh, seem to go in cycles, too. And I chose just the wrong time. Around the time whenever they started picking up a little bit, uh, I managed to get selected. It was four years after I started applying, but uh, uh, went off to officer school and got to do a variety of jobs. Uh, uh, first one was as a targeteer working with B-52s. He kept to drop all sorts of different bombs. We did all sorts of missile tests and uh, a little bit of action too, um, but uh, very interesting job. Uh, or a very interesting job. Then I went from there to uh, working, uh, let's see, oh, at uh, NGA, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, because of my experience uh, working with imagery before. And I got to do that for three years, including working in their uh, uh, laboratory, uh, determining the best data systems to use, the best monitors, uh, automatic, automated uh, um, systems to uh, call out aircraft, ships, that sort of thing. And then from there, I got assigned with the Brits as an exchange officer, which was fantastic. Um, you know, both working with the British at their intelligence school and also uh, socializing with the British because they love uh, 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 dining ins, dining outs, uh, you know, all, all manner of formal dinners and informal dinners and uh, uh, also the social scene is fantastic. So in addition to having fun at work, um, uh, you'd have fun afterwards. Then from there, I came back to DC. And this is, let's see, uh, DC, probably three tours, three or four tours back to DC. It was always in and out uh, with the Air Force. And uh, had a good time uh, again, uh, this time assigned with the headquarters Air Force staff where I worked uh, future systems and future concepts, uh, trying to do things quicker. Before in the past, it would take days if you found a, a target, uh, an individual or something, 
and uh, you wanted to go after it, it would take days to uh, find them, then track them down. And then by that time, they might have moved. And I worked on concepts that uh, sped that up to where uh, went from hours, days to hours to minutes and uh, had a lot of fun. Briefed a lot of important people, including uh, uh, Rumsfeld, the former uh, Secretary of Defense, uh, had a great briefing with him. And then President's uh, Foreign Intelligence Advisory Board and the uh, Defense Science Board and uh, both houses of Congress, they're uh, uh, the Hipsy and the Sissy. Um, and it was an amazing tour. And then from there, um, Oh, I get to work in an Air Force think tank almost by accident. Um, that, that was amazing too. And then um, one of the things we were working on was this how to fight the second Gulf War. And uh, I was on part of the team that was coming up with uh, how we were going to find and exploit uh, Iraqi uh, weapons of mass destruction documents and materials. And um, Either I did something wrong or I did something right, but I was actually assigned with the Iraq survey group that went over there and looked for those materials and then exploited them. Uh, I got to do that for six months. And unfortunately, that was right at the end of when I was working on my master's degree from the National Intelligence University. Mm -hmm. So around the time whenever I would have been writing my thesis, that, that was part-time, all my school's mm -hmm. always been part-time, including with the Institute. Yeah. And uh, around the time whenever I'd be writing my uh, master's thesis to complete uh, my master's uh, is whenever I deployed, I came back and it was time for me to uh, change jobs, got sent over to Europe on almost no notice and uh, start working on my master's degree. This is all leading to a lesson, a life's lesson that, that anybody who's listening to this could uh, do well to follow. Um, and I got over to Europe I was there for about a year and a quarter, maybe halfway through my thesis. And uh, unfortunately, I, I was in a, a bad road accident and broke a, a lot of bones and uh, was hospitalized for a month or so. And then after that, uh, physical therapy and all that. And That's I timed awful, out. Nathan. I'm so sorry. I, yeah, no, I, I timed out on my thesis. So the lesson there is whenever you've got something you got to work on, you need to do it beforehand and lean into it instead of doing it on the normal schedule because you never know what's going to happen. And actually, that's one of the things I did with the Institute. Um, so I timed out on my uh, master's uh, thesis. I ended up leaving the Air Force and uh, getting a job with Lockheed Martin, then later on with the Defense Intelligence Agency. Two thumbs up to them. I, I really enjoy. Actually, I enjoyed Lockheed, and uh, I, I've really enjoyed the the uh, uh, DIA. But uh, I spent uh, six years over in Stuttgart, Germany, which is where I'm going back to next week, um, and had a wonderful time there. Both at work, uh, setting up uh, Africa Command, U.S. Africa Command, and uh, also on the mission set, which. There's a lot of bad guys running around in Africa. And we also had Libya going on and a bunch of other uh, conflicts that we were assisting with, including uh, Somalia. So uh, deploying down to the continent and, and working out solutions for both the American forces and also our partners uh, is fascinating stuff. So 
six months, or sorry, six years over there, and then uh, came back to DIA. And one of the first things I did was stopped in at NIU and uh, talked to him about how much I had enjoyed the program and uh, asked, can I get back into it? Because I didn't finish. And then yeah. shortly after that, I asked, uh, can I get credit for some of that work I did before? And I got about half of, half of it credited. And then I went ahead and completed uh, my degree with them, my master's. Congratulations. And leaned forward on the thesis, which was uh, the wisest thing to do. What did you write about? Um, oh boy, the difficulties of employing uh, intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance assets in Africa. Okay. And it, it's not just about having the right airplanes. It's about uh, getting into the countries themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, getting country clearance, getting uh, the various agencies to support State Department and CIA to, to support whatever you're trying to do. And uh, uh, either partnering with countries, getting overflight or getting uh, landing uh, permission, that sort of thing. So working with all the various agencies. And that was the first time I was exposed to uh, what it takes to work with uh, the various agencies. And actually being here at the Institute has helped me to understand it so much better. You, you saw it from the outside. Now I understand better because of being here what it was that uh, I was experiencing then. But uh, uh, six years so there and then uh, came back here to D.C., have had multiple jobs, some of them developing uh, uh, new software uh, for intelligence software, um, working as a collection manager. In fact, here most recently, I was on the joint staff uh, in the Directorate of Intelligence, um, working collections operations. Uh, and right now, the job that I've got for the next two days is a uh, force modernization. So new planes, uh, new satellite systems, new software, uh, ground systems, uh, that sort of thing. Making sure that we buy the right stuff that actually uh, fills our need and uh, that we don't go over budget, we deliver on time. And that's where I'm gonna be going in about a week and two days, uh, off to Stuttgart again, but this time with the uh, US European Command, where I'll be working uh, force modernization and uh, future systems. That's awesome. Wow, well, good luck with that big trip. So, so you had all this experience in the Air Force and your, your NIU degree. What made you choose graduate school, especially given that your first grad school experience was so interrupted and, yeah. and arduous? I actually enjoyed all the classes I went to. The, the, the bad part was doing them all at night, on weekends, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish I could have been a full-time student here. So the grad students that are going through enjoy it now. It, it, this is the best experience. Um, I always felt like uh, I could do more and I, I wanted to learn more. I, 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 I Actually, I wish I could keep taking classes. Uh, and um, I'm hoping if I continue to teach here that you know, I'll slip into somebody else's class occasionally. But uh, actually finding out about the Institute, my friend, uh, Chris Kay, uh, came here for, is it called the executive program? Um, the executive MA program. Probably. Yeah. He, he, he came through on that uh, just after he'd gotten out of the Navy mm -hmm. and came back uh, uh, talking about it frequently. And, uh, and he was working with you. Yeah. Well, he and I had worked together uh, over in England mm -hmm. during one of our tours. Oh, cool. And I also in Germany. 
And uh, we'd actually went on a couple of business trips down to Italy. Um, and then coming back here, he was assigned over in Germany, I think on his last tour. Okay. And uh, I helped him to uh, ease into uh, Washington, D.C. because he didn't want to come here. Oh, and, no. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a wonderful place to yeah. be. I mean, Stuttgart's great. Uh, D.C. is my permanent home, but Stuttgart's mm -hmm. going to be an interesting diversion. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, he, he came back here, got out of the Navy, and then uh, used the remainder of his GI Bill mm -hmm. to uh, attend school here. And he really enjoyed the program, talked about it frequently. And um, he talked about it so much that whenever I was, and he'd also mentioned the fact that they were starting up their doctoral program. Um, I kind of secretly went and contacted uh, 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 Danielle Shover and talked to her. Got secretly, you, did, you didn't talk to I her? I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him. Um, and because you guys might not have accepted me uh, if you knew enough about me. Um, but contacted her, did a tour, filled out all the applications. And I did tell him, but it was after I'd gotten accepted in the program. Mm -hmm. And he was happily surprised for me. It was nice. But uh, so, yeah, and, and that's uh, what led me here. Cool. was uh, my friend Chris Kay. So what was it like being a, a graduate student in the doctoral program while you're working full time? Yeah, exhausting. I, I, before we started the interview, I mentioned that um, I haven't watched TV in about four years. Um, the occasional movie. And I would kind of have to schedule when I would uh, watch a movie. I, I did catch Game of Thrones. Um, last season was very disappointing. But uh, there you go. Actually, the, the final two seasons were both disappointing, uh, to be honest. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, really sad about that. You know, seeing good, good production uh, go yeah. bad. Yeah. So um, where did we go? So time management. I think I'd mentioned that before, uh, getting things done on time. So I decided there would be no delay. Um, I tried to do everything ahead of time. Uh, I'd start writing papers. I'd choose my topics on the first night. I think with uh, Professor Hodikevich's class, I told him that first night what I was going to write on. Same with uh, Joshua uh, Moravchik's uh, class. I told him the first night. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dr. Thomas's class told him the first night. In each one of the classes I took with him, what it was I was going to be writing on. And I started collecting things um, as soon as I knew what what they'd be looking for. I started mm -hmm. collecting uh, the materials I'd be writing from. Uh, so uh, taking wow. that sort of approach and with the readings, getting them knocked out early to where in um, one or two classes, there was more reading than what I expected, 250, 300 pages uh, in one week. And that was wasn't that, too unusual. Was that Mark's class? Actually, that was uh, uh, the former dean's <laughs> okay. class. Yeah, that was particular yeah. torture. <laughs> but uh, it's strategy. It, it, don't worry, the, the master's degree program don't have to go through that, just the uh, doctoral students. But uh, yeah. But, uh, wow. Yeah, and so getting it done early. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, so if you do have some time, you can actually watch an episode of something. It doesn't happen very often, though. <laughs> That's awesome. And you guys seem to have a pretty tight-knit cohort amongst the doctoral students. Is that correct? Yeah, almost all of us were. I mean, we had one or two uh, social um, 
over it. Uh, what's it called? The diplomat. The okay, diplomat. Yeah, yeah. Just uh -huh. two right streets street. over, and mm -hmm. yeah, that was nice. And also um, having somebody that I kind of uh, partnered with, uh, Kurt Clune, who wonderful guy. He and I took, I think, six or seven classes together. Oh, and wow. whenever things were dark and you didn't think you'd get through it, being able to contact Kurt and ask him to explain something <laughs> that you just weren't getting, uh, that, that was fantastic. And yeah, we, with I started, I think, six months behind the first people that started the DSNS um, and because I had to do some prerequisites, I think I was a little bit further behind than that. But uh, um, because basically the whole time I was running, um, doing all the classes full time, taking a full load, um, I ended up passing people, all except for Kurt. There was no passing <laughs> Kurt. But uh, being able to call out whenever, like you say, I didn't get something or uh, I had questions with the paper and having somebody that you partnered with was, was just super. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And you were, you were our first graduate from that program. So that's yeah. historic for the school. Yeah, it was, it was close, but, uh, yeah, I wanted to finish uh, by Christmas and that was, uh, about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Congratulations. I think, I think, I don't know how long the program's supposed to run for, but I think I did it in like two and three quarters years or something like that. That's it's supposed amazing. to be a three year program. I think at least three years. Three or four. And if yeah. you did the prerequisites, that's, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. Wow. And now you've been teaching for us. Yeah, I just so. uh, completed the uh, geospatial intelligence course. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, I, I thought it was a good course. I'm, I'm very uh, uh, visually focused. So there were lots of slides, mm -hmm. not too many words on the slides, but lots of illustrations of, uh, you know, whatever concept mm -hmm. and videos and yeah. But I thought it went pretty well. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. it started uh, mid-term, uh, mm -hmm. so I had less students than what I'd hoped for. But right. yeah, but it was fun, and putting it together was a blast too. That's awesome. So, yeah. so you drew probably from your work when you put that together, or did you draw from your doctoral no, studies? I, I, no, I needed to pull completely from unclassified sources, so nothing from work. Okay. No, okay, not so at all. All your work is classified. Uh, yeah. So okay. no, nothing. Yeah, all unclassified sources. Okay. That, cool. But, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so so Nathan, I'd love to ask. Um, I know that you you had a really close cohort with the doctoral students, um, and I know that you were also sitting in classes with some of the masters and certificate students, um, who some of whom are brand new to this field, and I know that you did a lot of mentoring, and so I'd love to hear about about that. Actually, that was one of the best parts of the program was being able to mentor um, the master's degree program students. Um, I think we had probably four or five panels where it was multiple members on it. And then I also did, uh, oh, I, I can't even count how many of the uh, panels that was one me with you know multiple students or where there were one-on-ones and with each term I probably did four or five of those uh, or what I would do is uh, have a tour of the Pentagon walk them through so they could see what some of our workspaces are like and then uh, I'd sit them down afterwards uh, you know 
10 students or so, and some of them were a little bit more, but uh, 10 students or so, and uh, talked to them about what life was like working in the Pentagon or in the Department of Defense. And then one of the key things for them was, how do you get in? So talking about the application, pro, uh, the job search pro, uh, part of it, uh, internships, um, what I want to see in a resume as boss, a hiring manager, um, during interviews, things that I'm looking for. And then I also would talk to them about uh, once they come on board with me, what do I expect as a manager? You know, uh, having them listen to instruction, understand what uh, their boss is asking for and, and deliver. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I can't even count how many times I ran through that. My wife, uh, <laughs> I was doing one over the phone recently with my wife and she's saying, oh, don't forget about... Uh, yeah, so great. <laughs> She's heard it a few, quite a few times. Oh my gosh! But, uh, and part of that, if we'd went to Zoom there for a while, yeah, I, I was doing yeah. mentoring sessions. They were limited to about one hour, yeah, uh, because uh, you know that, that was the limitation with Zoom. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, I've done that a fair few times. And what's great uh, is whenever you can see somebody actually get hired. And I was walking through the lobby of. Uh, DIA's uh, analytical center, the DIAC. And um, I'm walking through, I, I don't go over there very often because I mainly work in the Pentagon. And somebody said, ah, Nathan, Nathan Hodge. And, you know, I turn around and I, oh, I hope it's not security. And uh, <laughs> it was former students from here, two of them. And they oh, had so gone great. through, one of them had been an intern and the other was hired through the normal hiring process. And they'd sat through, they'd been in one of the, the, the panel things. And then they'd also talked to me afterwards. So uh, they had kind of a two for one. Um, That's and, amazing, Nathan. Yeah, and, and to have our guys yeah. and gals, because uh, it's two ladies, were, have them hired by my agency. And then as we're talking, a third person came up who'd also sat through one of them. And, you know, it's all, it was, that was really so satisfying. Cool. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was so cool. Oh, but, that's uh, great. Yeah. So, so what do you, just the short answer, what do you look for as a hiring manager? If someone wants to go into this field, like just high level. Okay. Uh, the right sort of degree yeah. in the, the, the proper uh, area of study. Uh, well-organized uh, resume. Mm -hmm. uh, problem is quite often they don't have, well, they've got no experience uh, usually, uh, but if they've volunteered on other things, they've worked on panels, they've uh, um, got an extra language. Mm -hmm. I don't really care about languages, but if somebody's got languages um, and all other resumes are equal, that, that's a plus. It's not going to be plus for mission management, which is the broad career field I work in, but I know on the analytical side, it's mm -hmm. something they'd be looking for. So for an intern or something, that, that's useful. Um, the Intel courses they might have, uh, that they might discuss in the resume, some of the stuff that uh, Dr. Thomas uh, teaches, it, if they mention that. Also, there's an exercise, Baltic Storm. If mm -hmm. they mention that, the fact that they participate in an exercise at the Institute, not saying that they were one person unfortunately listed that he was a SIGINT analyst. And mm -hmm. um, what he meant was he played a SIGINT analyst on TV. Right. But, yeah. 
But um, yeah, I, those sort of things. And uh, if they actually get to an interview, uh, how they present themselves, they need to be on time. They need to look the part. They need to look like somebody I'd want to send into a, a meeting to represent uh, my office. Mm -hmm. um, but those sort of things. That makes sense. Well, thank you. And it sounds like um, Chris is carrying on the tradition of the Pentagon tours yeah. and mentoring, which yeah. is amazing. Chris and I uh, used to partner on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> That's so great. Um, all right. Um, and I would love to ask also, having been through the doctoral program, has it been helpful to you at work? To, to understand our relationships with mm -hmm. the other agencies, how things fit together, how national policies developed. Mm -hmm. um, it's helped me in developing strategies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and thinking through, and my writing skills. Mm -hmm. I, I think my writing skills were reasonably good before, mm -hmm. but writing three theses, mm -hmm. um, yeah. It, it, so yeah, it's been uh, a big. That's a uh, lot. Yeah. What did you write your theses on? All of them were focused on Russia. Okay. Um, I wanted to make sure that what I wrote didn't touch what I worked. Mm -hmm. um, and because I worked Asia Pacific, right. uh, South Asia, Korea, um, um, the Middle East, mm -hmm. uh, by writing on Russia, I knew that there wouldn't be any Like chance any overlap. Of, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was quite interesting. I, I learned a lot about uh, Vladimir Putin um, and... Uh, various Russian strategies, a threat of uh, nuclear, using nuclear weapons, mm -hmm. uh, their thresholds a lot lower than ours, mm -hmm. um, things like that. But all, all three were uh, Russia focused. That's really cool. Yeah, and, and for our listeners, our, our doctoral program has three theses instead of one big thesis. And yeah. so it's a little bit broader. No, or one dissertation. Or one dissertation, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, which is easier, yeah. uh, it's an easier. easier approach. Well, if you've got one product you have yeah. to deliver, yeah. if you fail on that, but by breaking it down into bite-sized chunks that you might do one a year, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's an easier approach. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, and I'd also love to ask about your hobbies. Um, I, I oil paint. I, I draw, I, and it's mostly figures and, uh, yeah, figures. Um, and uh, also do a little bit of sculpting. I used to do uh, stained glass, which I'm planning on doing again. Wow. Uh, leather work. Uh, let's see. I, I draw. I, I, I like sports cars, so I'm always working. I have two cars that I frequently uh, find myself underneath, uh, in fact, just... Two days ago, I was working on the exhaust. Uh, there's an exhaust uh, valve at the very back of the car and mine was rattling. So I was underneath my car with almost no tools because I've shipped them all off oh, to no. Europe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Timing's <laughs> terrible. It's always bad timing. Did you fix me. it? Oh yeah, yeah, of okay. course, yeah. But uh, brake jobs, valve jobs, uh, all that sort of stuff, yeah. And you're a photographer. Yeah. And yeah, I think a pretty good photography. I, I used to shoot things like weddings or portraits or figures or that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So Nathan, I'd love to hear um, what some of your most interesting projects were at work as much as you can talk about them. Okay. Um, this was a while ago, but uh, during the first Gulf War, I worked in an Air Force organization that put together targeting materials. 
to uh, make sure that we hit the right places in Iraq. And uh, it just so happened back then, we didn't have the communication systems that we've got now. I, they had secure fax machines. Um, and it, I don't know if you remember fax machines, but you know, you would dial to the phone number and they would connect and they'd talk to each other. And then you'd put in a page at a time that doesn't work too well whenever you've got thousands of pages of stuff that, yeah. And uh, so after we made a bunch of these materials in our unit, um, they needed somebody to escort them over there. And uh, um, I, I have a problem with my, my hand. <laughs> so, what's it doing? And uh, it took me 36 hours to fly over there. Almost no sleep. Um, my plane, one plane took off without me. Um, and this was I, faster we, than faxing it? Well, actually, it probably would have been <laughs> quicker to fax it. It was supposed to get over there in 12 hours or okay. so. But the planes had to refuel. They took all the materials off the plane as they refueled, and then they took off without the stuff they were supposed to carry. Oh, no. um, yeah, that's the military sometimes. Not all the time. But, um, and I finally got there. And I was supposed to leave immediately afterwards. And I stayed with them for a few weeks. And we went to multiple uh, headquarters and out onto ship to brief uh, the material that we'd produced to talk about the targets we were going to That was for Desert Fox. Mm -hmm. um, and wow. that, that was my first time in the Middle East. And then I had two more deployments in the Middle East for you know six months at a time. Uh, didn't enjoy those very much, but it's certainly interesting. And you'll learn a lot very quickly uh, whenever you're deployed because you're working long hours and you're, the things that you do actually, um, it employs the skills that, uh, you've learned. Mm -hmm. So that, that was fun. Then whenever I was with, uh, NGA, I worked in their special ops support, uh, where we were putting together materials and, and fly throughs to go out and, uh, get bad guys. Uh, very wow. interesting to see things and knowing things before they happen. It, it's it, it's amazing, and it's great whenever everything goes to plan, and uh, uh, the best are those where you never ever hear about them. Mm -hmm. uh, that means everything really worked perfectly. But uh, that's awesome. And then I, I mentioned uh, during the second Gulf War, going out with the Iraq, Iraq Survey Group and having about 120 people work for me as a linguist and analyst, and you know. Um, Coming through material and coming up with evidence uh, of, of Iraqi officials torturing and uh, uh, detainees, mm. and uh, you know those being used for prosecution of, of um, for human rights violations. That was very satisfying. Long mm. hours again, but uh, wow. and then uh, let's see. Oh, I got to work uh, and in the Air Force think tank coming up with new concepts for uh, uh, operating air power. And that, that was a blast. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, so it's, not every job is amazing and uh, everything, but uh, on the whole, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Would you pick this career again? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to be a pilot, yeah. but I don't know if you noticed, I, I've got glasses on. So I didn't have them before, but after mm -hmm. getting my bachelor's degree, yeah, yeah I was in glasses. And uh, um, yeah, I, I almost uh, stumbled into this because uh, 
um, my dad worked on the cameras for aircraft that I used to look at photographs from later. And whenever I went into my dad's uh, workshop, uh, you know, on the base, and they had all these pictures of taken from from the airplanes and everything was uh, little tiny buildings. And uh, I thought that was fascinating. And that's the career field I accidented into the National Guard and then the Air Force. And uh, yeah, so it's, you know, doing what you would have wanted to do as a kid, uh, looking at little trucks and and uh, airplanes and all that, you know, all the things that a little boy wants to, and I got to do it uh, for a living. That's so fun. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was just a blast. And then, you know, after that, uh, helping to understand and do a better job in employing all those mm-hmm. little trucks and airplanes and that we have, mm-hmm. uh, that that's been amazing. And it, that's one of the reasons why being here at IWP helps you understand, uh, what it is we are doing and why we do it and how all the pieces work together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it that's all awesome. kind of ties together. Yeah. So how did you know that IWP was the right fit for you? I know that you wanted to learn more and everything, but how did you know this was the place you wanted to do it? There's a lot of really good schools around here. Mm-hmm. Um, walking around with Danielle and talking to some of the professors that first day. And I also grabbed a couple of students and talked to them. Um, we've got 150, 170 students. I don't know how many online right now. But that's a cozy sort of size. And even if we were double the size, um, I know each one of the professors. I knew a lot of students because of COVID, you know, it's more difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, And also a lot of the classes I've taken recently have been directed studies or uh, smaller classes. But before COVID struck, I knew a lot of students. And um, you wouldn't get that if you were at GW or uh, Georgetown, or you, you might know some of them, but uh, they're so much larger. I know the professors. Um, you know, it, it's cozy, comfortable, um, almost like a family. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I really like that. I don't think you'd get that at some place that was a lot larger. Mm-hmm. I, I can't see how you could. Um, Who were some of your favorite professors? Oh, got to flip over the paper. <laughs> so uh, let's see. John Sagronis, I had him for a national security strategy. Uh, Dave Thomas for uh, the Intel courses. He's such a great guy. Uh, Mark, I, I think I had Mark for uh, two classes and then also uh, my theses because mm-hmm. they were Russia focused. Yeah. And Mark's such a character. Um, you really enjoy every conversation you have with him. Uh, John Tasik, I, I had him for a directed study with Kurt Kloon uh, for China. He's lived over there, uh, been in the State Department working there, and uh, knows the place uh, inside and out. And uh, actually, the classes that we had, the directed study, were in his house, <laughs> in his office, or in his family room or lounge. And, uh, you know, we'd have cheese and grapes and uh, crackers. <laughs> It, it, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, and then uh, 
with Doug Struson uh, covering Iran. That was another directed study with Kurt, uh, this time in Fairfax County Public Libraries. But, uh, uh, you know, having a professor one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one is amazing. The questions that you can ask, the material you can go over in, uh, in, in that sort of uh, setting is just, and that, that's one of the things I've loved. I think I've done three or four directed studies, probably mm -hmm. more than what you're supposed to. But uh, it's been amazing. And actually, whenever we were with uh, the former dean doing the strategy class, it was just Kurt Clune and I. And, uh, um, you know, having uh, somebody like that at, and covering material where you can ask questions and you're not holding up the rest of the class, you're not embarrassing yourself, mm -hmm. um, was amazing. But the negative parts are, if you don't do all the readings and he asks you to describe what Mahan had to say about sea power, uh -oh. and you didn't read that particular book. Nathan, I'm sure you did all the readings. Yeah, Kurt saved me. <laughs> I gave a broad overview and Kurt, who I've begged on before, uh, came through and said, I think Nathan's trying to say, and then he gave a full description, so. But, uh, yeah, absolutely amazing. And it just, yeah, they, 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 it's it's kind of like a family here, I, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but yeah. That's awesome. Um, and actually, I could throw in, I, I did a little bit of math. I think I needed 52 credits to complete the uh, Doctorate of uh, Statecraft National Security. With prerequisites, I needed 64. Okay. And I actually took 82 because I took further classes after I finished the doctorate. Wow. Uh, that the China one I talked about, the Iran one I talked about, uh, one or two others, um, after I'd finished the program because I enjoyed it so much. Wow. So it wasn't just about getting the degree. Yeah. I, I, I got so much out of the Institute. Mm -hmm. um, it's just been amazing. So that's awesome. And I don't know how many students you've had that have gotten 82 credit or taken 82 credits, but there probably aren't too many. Even the ones that would have done their master's, man, they, they might. Pretty if they do sure. the master's and the doctorate, then perhaps yeah. they might surpass that number. But it's probably yeah. pretty rare. I know we've had a yeah. few who've done two master's degrees mm. for similar reasons, but 82 is a 82 lot. 82 is a lot. It's yeah. a lot. It, it, Seems almost masochistic now that I think about <laughs> it, but but it's been fun, you know. And like I say, oh the goodness. the professors oh. have been amazing, and the other students mm -hmm. and the and the interns too. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they're great. A lot of great people. Yeah. So, what would you? What advice would you give to an intern or a student who's just starting out and they're nervous to ask for mentoring or nervous to ask for advice? Yeah, who's just coming here, you know, to intern or to come to class. That's. Uh, the older hands that are here, that's kind of what we're here for. And if somebody doesn't want to do that, they're... Uh, you have no words. <laughs> yeah, I have no words. Yeah, it's just wrong. You know, to, to climb to the, uh, to climb a mountain and not throw a rope down or, or provide a handhold, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, just ask. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't get the right answer or a good enough answer, ask somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
Nathan, thank you so much for doing this. Um, we really wish you all the best in Germany and we'll miss you. And uh, please come see us whenever you're back visiting or whenever you move back. Most assuredly, I, I'll come back and visit. And I'm going to, I think I'm going to be teaching uh, uh, two or three of the online courses. I, I'm, I'm, two or three, which ones, which other uh, ones are you? The geospatial intelligence course. Yeah. I'm turning it into an online course. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian. And Kennedy are assisting me with that. We're going to do some tests hopefully this week. Um, and also I'm putting together the, a collections uh, class, intelligence collection class, and perhaps a SIGINT class. Wow. Um, perhaps. Okay. Well, thank you for everything that you've contributed sure. to IWP in terms of mentoring and your teaching. Um, yeah. And we look forward to being in touch. Yeah. Thank you again for joining us. Thank for this you very interview. much. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The IWP Files, the Alumni Spotlight Series. We hope you enjoyed our insightful conversation today. If you found this episode inspiring, educational, or simply entertaining, we'd love your support to keep our show going strong. First and foremost, don't forget to hit that subscribe button right now, wherever you're listening to us. Subscribing ensures you never miss an episode and helps us reach even more listeners like you. We'd be thrilled if you could share the IWP files with your friends, family, and colleagues. It's a fantastic way to introduce them to our engaging alumni stories and thought-provoking discussions. Connect with us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The IWP and online at iwp.edu. We love hearing from our listeners. Our podcast is made possible by the Institute of World Politics in Washington, D.C. If you're passionate about international affairs, national security, intelligence, and the art of statecraft, visit iwp.edu to learn more about our programs and events. Finally, if you have any thoughts or suggestions, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We value your feedback and ideas. Thank you once again for tuning into the IWP Files, the Alumni Spotlight Series. We'll be back with more fascinating stories and insights from our alumni. Until then, stay curious and stay engaged.